Hola amigos y bienvenidos a Drinking Alone with Friends, un podcast donde tres amigos beben juntos solos. Mi nombre es Chris. ¿Qué pasa, homie? Es Toad. <laughs> no es Obert. Uh, what did you guys not learn? Did you guys not learn Spanish? I thought we were going to do the entire episode in Spanish, and I was just hoping that, that wasn't the case because I didn't know what I was going to do. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oh man, the the wonders of Google Translate. Am I right or am I right? Turns out taking seven years of Spanish paid off for Chris. There you go. <laughs> I I did not know you knew how to speak Spanish that well. That is, uh... I'm you know I I I I picked up I picked up a thing or three in my in my years, and also Google Translate helped with some of the words I didn't know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome uh... welcome to Cinco de Mayo, y'all. Welcome, as you can tell. Well, I guess it's like. I Cin- think it's the Hangover de Mayo. Yeah, right Seis de Mayo. Seis de Mayo. Oh, you told me I should have played the drop called Shitface de Mayo? Yes, yes. Or Revenge of the Sixth. I mean, it's Star Wars Day. It's Cinco de Mayo. It's it. Uh, this is a big... This is Who knows where this episode is going to go? <laughs> Whether it's going to be Star Wars based or, or uh, Cinco de Mayo based. No one, no one can tell. No one knows. I do know one thing, and that's that we... We have a lot of beer drinking to do. A lot of beer drinking. A lot. Yeah, I think we're going to jump right into it. Yeah. Imperial March. Nice. Sorry, George. Didn't mean to steal all your stuff. But um, yeah, we're going to jump right into it. Tud, I think uh, you have the biggest plate. Glass to fill. drink it first. Tud's drinking first. I am drinking first. first. I was was waiting for it. I was waiting to hear that somebody was thirsty and it it was time. But I'm not drinking. <laughs> That's true. I guess and it was a short. It was this, a short intro. So let's go. <laughs> with all these beginnings, with all this learning Spanish, <laughs> all this learning Spanish has made me thirsty. It's beer thirty, and I'm thirsty. I've been working like a dog all week long, so maybe something cold won't hurt me. Cause it's beer thirty, and it's time to party. Yeah, baby. Woohoo! All right. I think it's been a while since I've been first. Yeah. So what are we? So tell the audience what we're doing tonight. Yes. Yeah, so because it's uh, Hangover de Mayo, uh, we are drinking the leftovers from our our Cinco de Mayo party last or yesterday, and uh, finishing up the last of the Mexican beers. So this year, I brought a beer from Belgian Beaver out of Oceanside, California, and it's called Dia de los Deftones. A Mexican-style lager with lime. This sounds, like, so familiar. And I think it's because Jordan lived, like, across the street from them, I think. He talked about them on the podcast. Oh. I believe he has. Um, also, fun fact about this beer. Chris, remember back in the day when we helped that um that beer traveler guy get beer from all 50 states? Yes. Okay. Well, this beer happened to be in that box. Oh, okay. Uh, at Russell H. Beer on Instagram. Correct. At Russell H. Beer. He, um, so he provided me this beer. So I've been sitting on this for, let's call it 120 episodes, maybe? Yeah, I was going to say over, I was going to say over two years. So yeah, that, that checks out. <laughs> <laughs> um, as you can see by the can, it's got a Dia de los Muertos beer. Or mask on it. Um, this is why it looks familiar to Chris is because it was also probably in his pack. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was canned on eight fifteen two thousand nineteen. So uh, let's let's crack it and, and try it. Yeah. By the way, it is official. I looked it up on Untapped. Yes, 
I did have the spear, so <laughs> that explains. Did you why. have it on the podcast? That was the question. You know, I don't know. Um, I would have to go back and look. I would have to go back and look because that would be that would be an interesting. Uh, that would be. I, I'm not going to say what I rated it because I don't want Tud to get an inkling as to what the <laughs> untapped rating right. is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to ruin the game. Or unless you don't I want to tell him what it tasted like two years ago. Yeah. You know, I I gave it a four seven five. So it's really really good. It's a really good Mexican lager. <laughs> I actually think this is one of the highest ratings I've ever seen on Untapped. <laughs> That's weird because I'm looking at it and it's one of the lowest ratings I've ever seen on Untapped. I didn't know you could have multiple ratings. It's so weird. I wonder if it's. Uh, I, I think Untapped uh, turned on like geographical. Uh, geograf- well, geographical people near you rated it. Yes. Right? Yeah. I think that's how it works now. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, so Todd, uh, en- enjoy this very, very good or very, very bad beer. <laughs> so on the nose, I do get some uh, some hints of lime, and then obviously just a normal like lagerish nose, a little bit of a little bit biscuity. I think is is the the smell I'm tasting on the nose. So after tasting it, it definitely has that. That subtle lime up front, I, I, not subtle, but it's very much not a tart lime. It's very much just a, I would call it an artificial lime flavor. Something that's kind of sweet, it kind of leans towards lime, but it's not actual, like, punch you in the face with with the flavor of lime. It's a green Skittle. Mm. Yes. I, I do want to taste it out of the can just because of how old it is, too. Um, mm. Just to see if, it, if there's some flavor that's left in the can. No. All right. So same same deal. <laughs> it's it starts off with a very like sweet lime flavor and it kind of fades off into like that that normal Mexican lager flavor, biscuity, little dry. Um definitely has some good carbonation to it. I'm as sure as you guys can see, um it's extremely bubbly. I also put it in the special Sam Adams glass that makes the beer continue to bubble. Um extra bubbly, yeah. Yeah, this glass is great. If you guys don't have one of these I know you guys both do, but listeners, if you don't have one of these, go out and pick one up too. Just because it does help on these types of beers. Keep them fresh. Um, yeah, not a not a whole heck of a lot of depth to this beer. It kind of tastes like a really good Corona with lime. Um, doesn't have that skunk flavor that Corona has. So if you ever wondered what Corona tasted like without that skunkiness or you know without the, the world pandemic taste to it, then uh, this is definitely the beer that you want to go out and try. Um, obviously, if you're in Oceanside, California, you're going to have a hell of a lot of an easier time finding this than if you're in Connecticut and or Montana and or North Carolina, unless you're trading with somebody. Overall, I'm going to give this beer solid. I'm going to give it a 375. It's just an easy drinker. I could drink this. Glad it's left over from Cinco de Mayo for me. Um, Wait, you know, and like two Cinco de Mayos in a row, you managed to keep it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I definitely wanted to make sure that we were we were getting this one out, especially because it says drink fresh right on the bot or right on the can um so oops but i don't think that was really quite necessary it does weigh in at five percent abv um pretty cool can art i've heard good things obviously from from jordan about belching beaver so i'm in agreement if you guys live in oceanside go check this out as far as untapped goes you guys really didn't help me out so that's good i'm gonna say it's very similar to me i think that this is never nobody has ever claimed this is the best beer nobody's ever claimed this is the worst beer this is probably just a smooth easy middle of the road and i'm gonna say 3.66 that's pretty darn close pretty darn close uh out of 2319 check-ins it is a 3.61 so 0.05 okay pretty that's two weeks it's two weeks in a row that i've been like Almost dead on the money. Well, you were you were man of the people last week. Um, 
So, uh, just just for reference, uh, I had this beer on, uh, let me see, December 28th, uh, 2019. I had it for my son's second birthday, actually, now that I'm looking at the picture. And uh, I gave it a four. So, I don't know if it just, I don't know. I, li- I was going through, I think I was going through a Mexican lager phase then. <laughs> um, but this, my picture with my son's birthday cake. There it is. Boom. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, I did not have it on the podcast. Another answer there. So. Okay. But uh, th- thank you, Russell, for the the beer. <laughs> yeah, thanks for way far back in the past. Thank you very much. Right. <laughs> and I swear, all the rest of those beers are gone. For, I wanted to hang on to this one for a Cinco de Mayo, and I just kept on forgetting to bring it. So I don't he think I've lost anything. He wasn't sure which Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure then, and I, I don't think it's lost anything. Uh, it's, you know, after all, it is a lager. Uh, so thank you, Russell. And so I'm going to hand this this shindig off. To Ober, Ober, okay. what are we, what are we doing? All right, thank you. All right, so I'm excited to celebrate my Seis de Mayo with <laughs> a with a Montana Mexican beer. This is from Highlander out of Missoula, and it's their uh, Montañesa, which is um, looks. You know, it's got fun De Los Muertos people strumming guitars, wearing the Mexican dresses. <laughs> this guy's like a little skeleton cowboy guy we got on here, too. Um, it says, we know we are far from Mexico, but the easy drinking nature of this beer pairs perfectly with our Montana lifestyle. Montañesa Mexican lager, not just made for beaches. So, for Do you guys even here, have beaches? Oh, yeah. We have beaches. They don't have salt water or anything, but we got beaches. Um, many see, lakes. I, many lakes. That's true. Nice pours like, um, you know, classic Mexican lager here. Very Bud Light-ish. Very Bud Light-ish. Bud Light-ish. And we'll talk more about the Mexican style lager in a second here. But I got a little lime wedge too, because it seemed like the kind of beer that you would need that. Like, it looks like a Corona for those of you at home. It yeah. is that very pale, that very pale color. And it smells like a Corona. Maybe it smells like a Bud Light Lime now that I put a little <laughs> But um, let me just dig right in here. Mm, okay, definitely better than both Corona and Bud Light. Uh, much more solid malt profile, um, much more full-bodied. I get a lot of that corn adjunct flavor that you get, but not in like a bad cheap beer kind of way. Like you can really taste the flaked corn in here. Um, it doesn't taste like it's trying to cover something up this is just like it's just i think it's just highlander's take on a uh corona basically mm. or a land shark maybe um it's good you know neither of those are beers we would bring to the show probably it's not something we really get a chance to talk about much right but this is definitely a um a good beer drink while you're rafting down the middle fork of the flathead river or something i guess you have something to have on a hot day for sure something if you're out cruising flathead lake you know um, it's, it's pretty good. It's nothing special, but we've talked before how sometimes these filtered, uh, beers that don't have a lot of flavor profile are almost harder to brew than like your hazy boys or your fruit, fruited smoothie sours. But, um, yeah, how much more is there really to say? Really clean finish. Um, like I said, if you put this, I'd like to do this with a blindfold on, compare it to those other beers I talked about. You even hinted to it where it's like you said, uh, Todd, about the beer without a skunky flavor. Yeah, yeah. It's. Mm. I mean, if you've ever had a Corona, everybody knows that that Heineken skunk. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's 
kind of like that where it doesn't really have that skunkiness. It just has that nice malty corn flavor. I'm glad I gave it a little bit of lime too. The lime wedge I think was key. I wish I was drinking it from a bottle though. I feel like that would help even more. Maybe I shouldn't have poured it out of the can. <laughs> so you said um, that this is just a straight Mexican lager. No, no frills, just Mexican lager, correct? It is. Okay. It is. And I actually have an article here on what is a Mexican lager. Ooh. That I would like to talk about. Yeah. But, okay. um, I'm, I am curious. I want to I wanna get this, my review out of the way real quick, and then we can, we can return to that article. Um, this is going to be... I don't know, between a three and a half and a three seven five for me. I think it's a three and a half. You know, it's a good good example of a style I'm not in love with, but um, you know, it does the job. It's pretty good. So just to clarify, this is Montañesa Mexican lager, correct? Yeah. Okay. So I have two questions for you. One is out of 164 check-ins, what do you think Untapped rated this? But two, actually, I have three. What is one question is for Chris? Two, what did you rate this before? And three, Chris, should we count this if he gets it if he gets it right? <laughs> oh, I don't remember what I rated it. I, I was gonna say, I was like, uh oh, are we gonna have another asterisk on the board? I, I think Maybe. we might have to if he hits it. Well, I mean, to be fair, he did have it September first, two thousand nineteen. So I, should oh, we wow. read him his should okay. we read him his comment that he said? No, no, on no, that no, no, no. Nope. I don't want him to know anything. Let me let me get the rate let me get the untapped average out there and then you could tell me all this. Okay. But, um, um, I think Untapped isn't gonna think too kindly of this beer. I think they're gonna say it's like a three point five five. So close. Untapped rated a three point six five. Okay. So luckily you're not gonna get an asterisk because <laughs> <laughs> clearly, yeah. clearly you didn't remember Point checking one in, off checking yeah. it into Untapped two years ago. Uh. <laughs> so what do you think you rated this before? I, I mean, the way you make it sound, you make it sound like I didn't rate it a three and a half before. So nope. I don't know, three two five. Uh, two point seven five. Okay. And your yeah. your comment was, I guess I don't like Mexican lagers? Question mark. Just tastes like cheap beer to me. Well, it's fair. I mean, come a long way in the last two years, though. You gotta think about it. Like, and uh, it also wasn't Cinco de Mayo. And you know, I think the further you are from Cinco de Mayo, the worse the beer tastes. That is true. That is, that is actually the rule. It says it in that article over it's about to read. <laughs> yeah. uh, and also, he didn't have the lime wedge. So I, maybe yeah, the lime makes wedge. makes a big difference. Yeah, it makes a big difference. Ooh, that you is know, true. If I had to guess, I would say that I checked that in either when I was at Highlander trying a bunch of their other beers. Um, so I could see when you're having it compared to a lot of different styles, a lot of more robust flavors you're going to end up rating that one a little lower, I think, because it's just pretty bland, you know? Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's me justifying my my big difference here on the podcast. But um, I looked through a couple different articles on defining a Mexican lager because I was like, you know, trying to bring this, this beer on the show. And I'm like, I don't really know that much about the style. And the one I found that I really liked the most that we'll put in the show notes is from thefullpint.com. And it's titled, What is a Mexican Style Lager? And I won't go through and read the whole article, but uh, the thing that I found interesting was there's really no consensus on what a Mexican lager really is. Um, Okay. Yeah. Uh, It basically says there are three different groups of Mexican lager beers. Uh, One is a pale lager with flaked maize, and that's what I'm drinking basically and they said that's basically like a pacifico 
Um, number two is an amber lager with flake maize, like a Modelo Negra. Um, that's, you know, very different beer than the first one, but still Mexican lager. And number three is the Americanized beer cocktail of adding salt and lime to Mexican pale lagers, so which, for which there's no Mexican example, which is what Tud had. Correct. Mm. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say mine is more, much more Pacifico uh, con lime. Con yeah. limon. Is that lemon? Uh, no, that's they're, lime. They're the same. Yeah. But actually, so it has examples here of all three categories. And, um, and it does say for number three, the pale lager with salt and lime, the American craft example, number two on the list is Belching Beaver, Dia de los Deftones. <laughs> that's so, exactly the one. Fantastic. Made, made the list. That's awesome. <laughs> you I'll, saved it. You saved it for two years for this very moment. That's awesome. Wow. Who would have thought? Other ones on that list are the Stone Brewing, uh, Buena Vesa Lager, um, Flying Dog, Numero Uno, Agave Cerveza. And uh, then they get into number f- the number four, which didn't really wasn't really like what a Mexican lager is, but like if you, Mexican breweries that make craft lagers, kind of totally different. Um, you know, they are like Mexican breweries that brew like Vienna lagers or Hellas lagers or something like I was, that. I was gonna say, so every time a Mexican brewery brews a lager, is it instantly considered a Mexican style lager? Right, right. <laughs> and number five was non lagers, um, things like the Sequench from Dogfish Head. Ooh, that's a good one. The Sierra Nevada Otro Vase, Lime and Agave. Um, there's a lot of them on this list, but um, it goes into the ca- different categories here. And I'll just read the first sentence, the conclusion. It just says Mexican style lager is a nebulous term that usually means an American craft brewery's attempt to clone a Mexican macro lager. Um, but read it for yourself. Good article. Definitely would say check it out and see. Maybe, maybe you've never had the right Mexican lager. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe you're like, I don't like Mexican beers. This might point you to a different style. So check it out, thefullpint.com. But meanwhile, we've talked about our two Mexican lagers. I know somebody's thirsty. Chris, what do you got? All right, everybody. I have, I have a special Cinco Seis de Mayo segment for us all so uh, we're gonna start off with uh my beer first and foremost because i think this is what everybody this is why people come to the podcast so this is from knee deep brewing company which i uh have always enjoyed but i don't drink enough of i think is safe to say um and it is their hola senor uh mexican style lager hola um and I pulled a I pulled a, a audible uh, from Obert's book, and I cut up some lime. So I'm gonna try it without the lime, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna lime it up because uh, I thought this one had lime in it, but I was clearly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, so kind of got like a uh, like a westerny vibe. Guy with a poncho. Guy with a poncho. Uh, I think it's a. It's hop. an alien it's with a poncho. Oh uh, no. Uh, I think it's a. Hop. It's I think the, it's supposed to be a hop. It's the it's the knee deep guy. It's the knee deep guy. Yeah. yeah. Is it an alien, deep guy. or is he a hop? My entire no, world is a lie if I, if he is not a if he is. Not I have an no alien. idea. I have no idea. So, uh, but anywho, so it's got Hola Senor, and uh, he's got a poncho on. He's got the uh, bunch of cactuses. Kind of, kind of neat. Some neat can art. Big bright, big bright yellow can. Oh, I should mention this is a big one. This is uh, I don't know, a nineteen point two ounce can. So I got a big one. Oh my god, he is a hop. I thought yep. so. I thought so. Um. But anywho, I'm a I'm an idiot. We 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 talked about what Mexican lagers are, so let's see. 
how many ounces did you say it was? 19.2? 19.2, yep. I'm going to have to drink this one fast before the end of the podcast. Won't even won't even fit in my glass. That's how many, that's how many ounces there are. <laughs> so much like Obert's, very clear. The head kind of, you know, it's not a very, not a very thick head, um, but very, very clear. It looks like your typical Corona, um, whatever you want to say. I mean, it smells like a Corona. <laughs> I mean, it just, you know, it, it's, it's these, the, I know Obert says he is. How many times can you describe a New England IPA? Well, I feel like there's less times to be able to describe a Mexican, lo- Mexican or a lager. lager. I know. That, um, that is yeah. very true. Um, so, I mean, let's see. I, I went through a kick of Mexican lagers last year, two years ago, something like that. I can't remember. I think it's just every summer I, I try to I try to have some. So let's see how this one is. Head, head is already gone, people. The head is gone. Short-lasting head. Uh, but yeah, let's see. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 good. Um, as far as like, it's got more, it's got more flavor than like a Corona would. I don't know. I don't know how to say it other than that. Like, there's definitely like a little bit more in the middle. Um, now what it is, I mean, just just like more lockery flavor, I guess. I don't. I mean, like, there's not really much. Um, much to go off of uh a lot of times when i have my mexican lagers they they're either with uh, like brewed with lime and that i think was the americanized version yes is what what we decided so or what was decided on the and the the article even said that like in mexico they don't put lime in their beers so that's just an american thing so wait so they don't put lime in a corona Uh, no i guess not the article here says uh Besides the oddities of Los Locos, I discount Group 3 because most of all, there's nothing Mexican about adding lime to a pale lager. It's an American custom. That is interesting. So I've never been to Mexico, but I feel like I've seen people in Mexico get like a bucket of Coronas with like a lime that comes with them. You know, probably just American tourists. You see them in the commercials. Yeah, Yeah, Tony Uh, Romo's always on a beach drinking a Corona with a lime. Yeah. There's even a link to a Snopes article about fact checking why we put lime in coronas but uh you know i'll i could add that to the the show notes too <laughs> so this beer i mean it's good uh like i said the middle there's it's a, it's a it, i feel like it's heavier than um a corona I, I definitely get like maybe some of those uh like what was it flaked maize style malts uh or flaked maize and whatever kind of light malts they use in in the middle um that comes through adds a little bit more a little bit more depth to it um it's not bad like it's a good mexican lager um but now i'm i'm pulling it over it dropping my i did did the lime squeeze which apparently is not um <clears throat> which is it's not, how we drink mexican beers in america yeah it's how we do it here in the states so i gave it i gave it a squeeze got the juices juices flowing put them in there and uh let's have a see the lime I like I like it with the lime. The lime adds some. It adds, goes a long way. Yeah, it it you wouldn't think so, but for a beer that's just basically a blank palette almost, like a canvas, both. <laughs> yeah. Dealer's blank choice. Canvas. Yeah, sure. A, well, I work in a warehouse, so blank palette. I meant a palette with nothing on it. Um, oh, not like an artist palette. No, okay. no, duh. <laughs> Chris Chris moonlights as a painter. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, if he has a blank palette and a blank canvas, I don't think he's getting much done. <laughs> molder of butts and an artist that's right i'm no longer a molder of butts. We, we it's very sad um <laughs> but uh i mean it, it's good the the lime does add something to it i guess i like the americanized mexican lagers so i'm sorry 
for all you you uh, uh, purists out there. But um, <laughs> Chris apologizes to the country of Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I think I'm gonna give this a three and a quarter. It's just like it's 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 good. I mean, it's it's a fine Mexican lager. Uh, I think the maybe with the lime in it, maybe bring it up to three and a half. But I'm trying to go just based off the beer. I'm gonna give it a three and a quarter. Uh, Knee deep is a solid brewery, so I'm not surprised that it, it's it's a it's a good Mexican lager because they are a solid brewery. But yeah, it's something much more of a quantity over quality type of beer. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You you definitely have to have a taste for or I mean I my beering my beering days was like as we all know buried by ipas so it's like it's hard to revert back but the the lime's going a long way so untapped uh, i'm not sure how many check-ins does it have 1157 okay so let me see oberts was a 3.65 and that is from montana who doesn't use untapped i'm trying to I'm trying to deduce here i'm trying to I'm that I'm that me that meme with the, all the <laughs> the confused lady with like the geometry yeah. and equations around her face. <laughs> That's me right now. Um, you know, I had I had a, a low rating in my head. I think I'm gonna bump it up a little bit. Three point five two is my final answer. Chris, it's a three point five two. You got it exactly right. Did I really? <laughs> yes. Oh my god! It happened. Did he really? It happened. Chris got it. We finally oh did it. Oh my god. Wow! Oh, what? No way! No way! That's right. I don't believe this. I have to look this up. What? <laughs> Let's go! Okay. After 135 Let's and two thirds episodes. Let's go! Finally. That's 3.52. What? I was gonna go. You know, I was gonna go. I, honestly, I was gonna go 3.44. That was my my gut. I second guessed myself. <laughs> I'm glad I did. Let's go. Okay. okay well, we gotta. Get knee deep on the line for your lifetime supply of hola, senor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what you won. You won the life. You won the beer that you. That's that fine. You get right. Listen, no, Ted, Ted, you told us you had a special drop for this saved. Oh yeah, hang on. Oh. Dust the cobwebs off. Yeah, right. I did it. Yes, let's go. So happy. This is so sad. I'm not happy. I'm, not I'm happy. happy. <laughs> I'm happy. Two-thirds. I'm happy the curse has been lifted. I know, right? Now we're going to get it right every time. Oh, man. I am not happy. I, I don't like this. <laughs> You're just no longer a man of the people. Todd, it's man of the people, Chris. Yeah. Man of the people, Chris. So upset. Uh, what? Yeah, here's the drop. I'm not happy. This That should be the drop. Is It's just me saying I'm not <laughs> I'm happy. Not happy. <laughs> I'm not happy. <laughs> I'm not happy. <laughs> that would actually be a really, really fun uh, drop to have for like. Any- but only for like me and you having the soundboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When whenever we win, man of the people. When Tud, Tud's cranky. When wait, when Tud doesn't win, man of the people, he goes, "I'm not happy." I'm not happy. <laughs> Damn! All right, here oh, we go. Man, I cannot believe it. Oh, oh, I can't believe it. This is this is a win for America. Wait, or Mexico, or both. This unifies us. Let's go. Let's go. Put it, put it on the board. All right. Oh, what did I do? I don't feel like a tally mark is the right thing. No, he only gets a singular a singular tally. No, it has like it, and it's and it's the horizontal one. It's the horizontal one. Oh, I got stars now. Let's go. 
It's like a MOPC. Man of people, Chris. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Oh, man. Whew. It's like finding a shiny. It's ridiculous. I'm so excited. Um, I like this. I do. I like it. Big fan. Big fan. Oh. Well, how are you? Tell us. You didn't tell us how you're going to celebrate, Chris. <laughs> so, actually, I have to thank uh, wife of the pod, Dana. Um, well, I guess thank. I don't know. And I'm going to need your help deciphering. Um, so, it's it's long podcast and lifetime lore that I have not had Taco Bell ever in my life. So, um, this makes I, this slightly better. Yes. So, I, m- m- Dana went out <laughs> and uh, was uh, picking up some Taco Bell. And she brought me some home. And uh, I was like, ah, I don't know if I want to eat it. But you know what? It's Cinco de Mayo. It's Seis de Mayo. <laughs> it's... <laughs> Uh, and, You're a man and of people. I'm man of people forever. Uh, and uh, so she brought me a smorgasbord of uh, Taco Bell items. I have no idea what they are. I think one of them's a Dorito. So okay. So I'm gonna need some clarification when I go into some of these. But um, and I won't trust me. I know there's some some bite sensitive people, so I won't chew on on the podcast because <laughs> I know that's terrible audio. But um, I'm gonna eat Taco Bell for the first time. Uh, Taco Bell that I have this reheated. This is exciting. This is the second most exciting part of the episode. <laughs> Taco Bell that I've reheated, which I'm sure makes it way better. Um, so, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, this is a, this is a big one. This is a never have I ever. I will you. never get back. This is this is uh, you're about to lose your Taco Bell virginity. Yes. A special moment. <laughs> it's 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 kismet. Oh, yes, let's go. He's playing all of them. He's playing all the... Get them all. You got to do them all out of order. (laughs) I don't like it. I'm not not happy. I'm not happy. So what do you got for us up first? All right, so I have three things. Um, Are you playing them again? It's enough. enough. Oh, is that the same one? Oh, God. So I have three things. I have what I assume is a Dorito something. This thing. A Dorito Locos Taco. Sure. Okay. Obert is a Taco Bell extraordinaire. Kind of I have this thing that looks like a folded thing. That's a gordita. Okay. Is it? It looks like a gordita to me. Is it oh. soft? Yes. It's like a okay. it's like a it's like a falafel. It's um, a gordita. Okay. And then I have this thing, which is two things. That's a cheesy gordita crunch. I can okay. pick yeah. that out of a lineup. <laughs> okay. All right. So where's a good starting? So point? you're the Taco Bell extraordinaire. Oh, maybe that second. Start with the Dorito. Maybe that middle one is a chalupa. Maybe. So should I do that one first? Then the chalupa or whatever this is. Or sure. Should I do the, do the ch- Dorito one? I think you'll like the Dorito one. So do the chalupa. Okay. So here we go. I'm gonna try this. You guys can talk if you'd like, but uh, I'm gonna mute my mic for just just a couple just a couple bites worth. So hold on one sec. <laughs> All right. Oh man. I don't know. I I'll just throw it in the trash. I'll just throw it in the trash. I don't I don't want to lose this never ever. What if it's what if it's like I'm at I'm at the point where it's like if it's good that's 33 years wasted. If it's bad then what did I do for the first three? Why why did I ruin it now, you know? Why did you ruin your streak? Yeah. I, I th- but at least you never okay? have to answer the well, question ever it, again. It could it could yeah, I know. I know. Okay. All right, here we go. And I'm doing this and weird, if it's this- if it's on the better side of okay, I would say you then you need to try it fresh cuz Obviously, right. it'll be much more elevated. Right, right, right. 
It would make Dana very happy because she loves Taco Bell. So hopefully I like it for her sake. Um, I'm just going to have to learn what all this stuff is. Okay, here we go. This is the first falafel thing. A chalupa. <laughs> Which we think is a chalupa. <laughs> yeah, I actually don't really know. I can tell you it's not a gordita because it's not soft. Like It's not like the gordita-like softness. Looking up a picture, it is indeed a chalupa. All right, so that was good. Uh, <laughs> fried flatbread you taco. Like yeah, that was good. Um, it was beef, by the way. I don't know if they're... I assume there's different flavors. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> Are you upset that you wasted 33 years now? Um, I don't know. I definitely... Um, I'm, I, oh. I, I don't know. I guess we'll... Wait till you try that cheesy gordita crunch. You're going to be really sad. So, um, just so everybody knows, I, I, I don't like a lot of things. So, like, these are, like, pretty basic, I think. But I, I think Taco Bell is, like, basic anyway. Like, there's no, no, like, tomatoes or anything, but... And Chris is not a big cheese fan to begin with. No, um, I'm, I'm weird about cheese, but there are cheese. I didn't de-cheese these, so... Okay, um, So, I'm doing the Dorito one. This is very flimsy, so I think it might be better fresh. So here we go. Yeah, Try this one. that's the thing. Those Doritos Locos tacos, they get uh, they get soggy. Yes. All Taco Bells get so- tacos. Yeah. Get soggy, <laughs> All right, in case so you're not familiar with what that is, it is a taco inside of a Dorito. Well, made, taco shells made out of Doritos, basically. Right. The red Doritos at that. All right. So that was that was pretty good too. I think it would be better fresh for sure. It's also beef. I don't know if they do. And uh, yeah, that one's pretty good too. And. Uh, <laughs> But I do. I am more of a Cool Ranch guy, so I I think I I don't think they do the Cool Ranch anymore. But at one point, yeah, at one point they did Cool Ranch and the Dorito Fire. But mm. uh, now I think they're just back to nacho cheese. Mm. I think is the only one the, they have. The the Fire Tacos were a thing when we were in college, and uh, I remember eating a lot of them. They are really good. <laughs> they have like a fire sauce on them too. Oh, she brought me some of the sauces as well. But I I generally am not a sauce guy, so I haven't really i i didn't i didn't venture out that far yet that'll be you gotta start small start yeah, every, don't, every, don't jump into sauces secondary sauces yet <laughs> every man's taco bell journey starts with a single step yeah i, I mean and listen i got i'm gonna eat like i'm gonna eat like so much now all right so now i got the cheesy gordita crunch which sounds like tud's favorite it is um, it's my favorite too okay yeah. so we it's it's the collab the, uh, the co the co-host so so far i like the first one the best you should know that Taco Bell is also considered the healthiest fast food restaurant. If that makes you feel any better about your newfound love of Taco Bell. Sure, why not? I mean, I don't, uh, I was about to say, I don't eat fast food very often, but then maybe I do a little bit too much. But uh, <laughs> Hey, Chick-fil-A doesn't count as fast food, right? Yeah, yeah that's not fast food. Yeah. That doesn't count. This is a sure. very narrow definition of chip fast food. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I, I, listen. Chicken's good. All right. So I'm going to do this cheesy gordita crunch thing, which is uh, apparently going to be very good. So here we go. So good. I wish we would have known this was happening so we could have also brought Taco Bell. Uh, I like my Taco Bell fresh, though. Okay. I'm happy with my Mexican lager. So this one has a sauce on it. Spicy ranch. I don't like it. So that's what I don't like on this one. I mean, everything else is good about it. Just I don't like the spicy ranch. So I know she asked with for nothing because literally I don't like things. <laughs> I don't like I don't like sauces. I don't like like tomatoes stuff like that. So uh, I can I can see the appeal, but it's not made for me right now. I'll finish it because it's not very big. But <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe I'll I'll convince myself. So okay, so there we go. Thirty three years of not having Taco Bell gone, just wasted, just wasted. I didn't 
I didn't realize that Dana was a big Taco Bell fan, which explains why we've had multiple times where Chris has said, like, Dana's, like, trying to, like, I'll have da- Taco Bell on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, now it all makes sense. <laughs> no, she's, she's it's it's her favorite fast food. If you uh, listen to defunct podcast marital discord, you would, <laughs> you would hear that. But, uh, yeah, no, um, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's good. I mean, I, I think these are all beef. So maybe, like. A different meat would be cool. I don't know. But. You, with Taco Bell, you pretty much want to stick with the ground beef. Yeah, okay, you don't okay. want it. They do chicken, but it's I've always preferred the ground beef. Yeah, okay. that's kind of where it's at. All right, fair enough, fair enough. So, um, so there you go. I've had Taco Bell now, and it's pretty good. So there, there's, there's everything. There's my life. My life is ruined. Nice. The, I guess the only other thing that you have to have from there, which I also two have not had is a crunch wrap supreme those are good well i was gonna say the baja blast mountain dew baja blast is a must drink this oh, is a beverage God. podcast drink. chris is a famed mountain dew lover i would love to hear his take on the baja blast so and i don't know if it's the same but i've definitely had baja blast in, in like a bottle in a bottle yes so because i'm I, like I'm a recovering alcohol. Uh, oh nope. <laughs> I'm a recovering Mountain Dew holic. <laughs> uh, I'm definitely not recovering for the other one, but uh, no, uh, I'm a recovering Mountain Dew holic. So whenever I see a new flavor, I'm like, yeah, I'll just try one bottle. Yeah. <laughs> one sip won't hurt. And then it's a downward spiral. I can quit anytime I want. <laughs> I don't need the Mountain Dew. It needs me. <laughs> Oh man! So there you go, um, Taco Bell. You're, it's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty well, good. I will say this: we uh, we've had a lot of fun surprises tonight, but we are we're running long this week. We mm-hmm. have another fun segment where I think we're ready to come to a thrilling conclusion now. Judging by the music, I guess you can tell what that what that is. It is time for the final countdown of the countdown with Tut. And I am your host, Tud. Come join me as we explore the last, the final four of Vine Pair's top 25 most important, no, the top five, sorry. Well, I can't count. Uh, the top five of Vine Pair's tw- 25 most important IPAs right now as ranked by them. So just to catch us up as, on where we were a few weeks ago, we ended with number six, and that was a beer that, uh, Obert can get up in his neck of the woods called Super Ripe by Great Notion out of Portland, Oregon. Judging or jumping into number five, we have a beer that I think all of us can get from across the country, uh, no matter where you are. They are a macro macro owned brewery, um, and that is New Belgium's Voodoo Ranger Imperial IPA out of Fort Collins, Colorado, weighing in at nine. P- percent abv okay yeah i can get voodoo ranger here i typically avoid it though for some reason i'm not same a fan. me as well no yeah i don't that's a weird pull i guess i i mean i guess there there is a lot of people that like that one but it is i bought a voodoo ranger like mix pack and i wish i hadn't like it was i was like oh all of these are just fine do they tell right. us why it's the fifth most important beer you can get right so now. So it says that, that given the growth rate of how New Belgium has exploded after their uh, purchase by the Kirinin, K-I-R-I-N-S, the Kirinin Group, a Japanese global conglomerate, um, 
it has really exploded and as one vine pair staffer says it's the growth of this beer is bonkers um it's so a, i guess that's why it makes a list it just it just a lot more voodoo rangers being sold now than last year yeah and it's and it's and it's available in every state it's something that's you can get people think it's good i mean i guess if i guess it's good if you're in new mexico or utah but i don't i don't really know so well i don't know i get apparently that that pick wasn't for this podcast yeah i mean they're not all winners <laughs> they're not all winners on this list no I, well i think the reason why it's on the list is because how much more blue ranger there is now than there was a year ago yeah but said, it's kind of taken off once so. we move ahead to number four which we're going to do now you're going to see that 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 doesn't hold up to every other beer on this list So coming in at number four is Congress Street by Trillium, a brewery that we all know and love. I think we've all here have had Congress Street. I mean, it's, you know, it's on par with Trillium is, you know, one B to, to Treehouse is one A as far as big Massachusetts breweries goes. Um, you know, they, they go on to say that Congress Street put Trillium on the map. Or maybe it was Trillium that put Congress Street on the map. A little subtle jab to the fact that Trillium's first brewery was on Congress Street. Um, when the New England brewery opened in uh, in Boston's Fort Point neighborhood, it became a defining New England IPA, which lives up to the hype. Congress Street IPA showcases galaxy hops, pine, melon, and citrus and tropical fruits. That's really all this article has to say about it. It just throws it in at the number four beer. I know that Congress Street is one of my favorite Trillium IPAs. It's always just consistently delicious. And I agree with this ranking. And again, these aren't like the most delicious IPAs out there, right? That would be a totally different list. Correct. Yeah, these are just the most important Yeah, ones. I guess that is true. I guess, yeah. It's what most important is the yeah. is yes. the title. Yeah. I, I mean, Congress Street's amazing. Like, I wish I had one right now. So, please send me one. <laughs> At Trillium, right in. Coming in at number three is another uh, northeastern brewery, but not quite as north and not quite as eastern, but still relatively close to my house. And that is Other Half's HDHC Dense Brooklyn. Um, the HDHC stands for High Density Hop Charged. Uh, so it's a high-density hop-charged IPA. It is a relatively new beer. It weighs in as the newest beer on this list, and it comes in at number three. Um, as the, the list says, it's only been around for a minute. As we all know, a minute is a very short amount of time compared to these other beers. Yeah, I'm not, I think Other Half definitely had to make this list somewhere. I don't know if this was the beer I would have chose or uh, the position I would have given it, but it's undeniable that Other Half is definitely become an important player in the IPA scene it, especially really quickly especially given with, by the fact that it has locations all across New York now other half that is and it also just opened up a new brewery in Washington DC so not only is it in New York it's it's growing so I think that's also what makes it pretty important yeah I mean all the beers I've had from other half have been like absolute bangers so I'm sure I'm sure it's I'm sure it's great now I don't I guess I don't understand why it's the most third most important for being so new, but I I'm I didn't write the article. It's partly because it's so they la they label it as being important, partly because of it's created a new acronym, which is high density hop charged, 
HDHC. But it also is it the brewery as a, as a whole is a few steps, in their opinion, is a few steps ahead with both their brewing techniques and their marketing. Okay, that's that's cool. So I wonder if like in a year or two, are we going to see like HDHC Congress Street or something, you know, like, I don't know, that'd be pretty, that'd be pretty neat. So I guess time will tell. So moving in at number two, I think it's one that we've all we've all expected to show up on this list. Um, possibly has an argument to be the most important IPA um, over the past ten years. I would say you know it's easily the most important IPA that that's happened in my life and happened in the Northeast. I think we can all guess it too. So I'm gonna I'm gonna kick this over to Chris and Obert for you guys just to guess it and nail the the obvious. In the room. It's got to be Hetty Topper. Nope, that was already on the list. It's Julius? Gotta be, it's got to be Harpoon IPA. No, it, it is Julius <laughs> by Treehouse. Um, I don't think there's much to say about this beer. There's the reason it's on this list. I'm surprised it's not number one. Um, you know, the, I'm just going to read the first sentence because it says, Most flagship IPAs don't look or taste like Julius. I think that that sums it up as better than any sentence we could say. Yeah, it's almost like a professional writer wrote it, but... Um... <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's definitely um it's it's a great beer. I mean, you can't like you can't shake a stick at it. It's not. I know they have the big four, but like that. I know, and that one came first, if I'm not mistaken. Julius was first, so I don't know. It's not my favorite of the big four, but it is very, very, very good. And if I had one right now, I would be pretty happy. It, it is the most recon. While it's not the best, it's the most recognizable of the big four. I think everybody obviously can name That's them all, true. but Julius is like if you talk to somebody in Utah. They've heard of Julius if they're into craft beer. And yeah, for our no, listeners that's who for, don't know that's true. what Julius is, can you tell us who brews them and what the other three of these big four are? Yeah, so so Treehouse is the brewer of Julius. Um, it's also the brewer of Hayes, Green, and depending on what you want to put in the big four, I guess there could be two of them. But that th- the other big four is Alter Ego, which is the alternate like stepbrother to Julius. It's actually brewed before Julius. They were trying to brew Julius and failed. Um, there's a fun fact for you about Treehouse. <laughs> so before... I did not yeah, know so that. so before there was a Julius, there was an Alter Ego. Huh. Interesting. Huh. So that's the flagship. So what's the fifth one you were talking about? Doppelganger. Oh, Which is okay. really the I double doppel- version of that's Alter Ego. That's double of Alter Ego, yeah. So everything's okay. a derivative off of Alter Ego, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, my favorite, when it's brewed, so recently, and I, I know we've talked about this in the podcast, Treehouse has seems to have consistency issues, in my opinion, where some of their batches of julius or green or haze or alter ego or doppelganger are really 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 good and some are just they're good they're never bad but they're sometimes they're world beating and sometimes they're not and for my money the the best beer i've ever had fresh is a haze but it's got to be the right batch my i don't know if you guys agree green. with that i like green the best mine is my favorite's also haze so i mean uh, when i got very hazy that that was out of this world that's out of this world um very green too though Fire. And now they do. <laughs> I think now they do very, very, very green, and they do very green, and they do very, very, very hazy, and there's all sorts of varies and multiple vowels and long, like green, like they're they, it's off. It whatever they do up there is insane. Yeah, I mean, this was six years ago, five years, whatever it was, five years ago, six years when they were stand in line, get stand in line, get six cans, go home. And if 
if you want to talk about uh, something that's done by a professional writer, the second sentence of this blurb, I feel like encompasses everything that we need to be as beer reviewers. Like the orange gold sun peeking over the horizon, this ultimately juicy IPA is both an archetypical and endlessly exciting, uh, counting fans around the world and more ISOs than one could possibly track in this lifetime. Well, there you go. Yeah. So that's the, that's that's the end of the countdown. Thanks, folks. We uh, <laughs> we made it through all twenty five. Yeah. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, and I, Ober, I'm sorry that you don't know how to count, but there oh. is one final remaining beer. Oh, there is. It's the final beer. Um. And so, before I announce this this final beer, I think it's time, boys. Is this how we want to introduce this? How do we want to do this? Should I introduce the beer? Um, or should I drink the beer? What's going on here? I would... Why don't you say... You say tell, something like... Say, okay, to, to celebrate finishing the countdown, we all have the number one beer to drink tonight, or something like that. Yeah, I think that's good. All right, so as... Crack it. So as we approach the final beer, I think it's fitting that the final beer is something that we all could get around uh, us. So we have all brought them... To the podcast to drink. So with that, it is time for the final. Number one on the list. Number, Number one. one. Most important IPA. What is it, Todd? So according to Vine Pair, the most important beer is Sierra Nevada's Hazy Little Thing, a six point seven percent ABV beer. Um, I believe that I could do this list no better justice than to read the final paragraph. Um, Hazy Little Thing may never have the thick smoothie-like texture of small-scale hazies like Julius. It doesn't need to. Hazy Little Thing turned out to be not so little at all. After topping our 50 beers list of 2018, it went on to be an affordable, ambiguous, and well-respected hazy IPA that can be found anywhere from a beer geek's fridge stash to the beer aisle at Walmart. While hype-addicted haze bros are arguing over the treehouse and trilliums of the beer world, brewers all over are pulling their hair out trying to figure out how Sierra Nevada does it. Yeah, no, I was happy to... um be able to celebrate the countdown here with you in um, my official Sierra Nevada glass, too, nonetheless. Oh, dang. You got proper glassware and everything. So, so as we can all see, and just for the listeners out there, it is it is still a hazy IPA. It's slightly darker than what you would get from a Julius or a Trillium, but it still is just as hazy. On the nose, what do you guys smell? I get nice, dank, delicious, hoppy goodness. Yes, that plus pineapple. Yeah, I could see some pineapple for sure. Get a lot of tropical notes. I also get a little bit of, you know, a little bit more like yeasty bread type notes than you would on a normal hazy IPA. Julius, for example, the number two. Um, there definitely tastes, there definitely has more quote unquote beer smell to this beer than that of a, a typical hazy IPA. I, I can, I can see that. It's not, it's not, the citrus is there, but it's not quite as pungent as right. yeah. New England IPAs. I got you. And mine, mine was canned March 21st this year and i actually got the the tall boy the 19.2 ounce following chris knee deep i don't know i didn't know <laughs> that 19.2 ounces was a common big boy can size till tonight but apparently it is well i i know the 10 fitties came in that and so you can, many you could buy like the tall so boys like bud lights and stuff usually those are 25 ounces oh yeah the 24 yeah. plus one <laughs> Chris, what, when was your beer packaged on? 301.21. Ooh, I have the oldest, 129.21. Oh, Maybe that's no. why yours smells the most a little bready. Maybe. Maybe. Because I have, I have a pretty strong hop aroma on this one. 
I will say that at Total Wine, because I did not like the, the dates of the beers that were on uh, the shelf on, on the, the individual purchases. Um, so I went and I opened up a box of Hazy Little Thing to take a beer out of there. And it was the same dates as the one sitting on the shelf. So I tried to get a, a newer beer because I, <laughs> I was not happy with the date on this can and I wanted something a little bit newer. But right. alas, that was my only option. As, as Vinepair did point out, I have heard from brewers as well that they are also impressed by the hazy little thing. And just its avil- Sierra Nevada's ability to scale this beer and get it out there. And, you know, it does shit. It does shit. It does sit on shelves as per my beer, and it still maintains its flavor. At least that's what they say. I, obviously, I've not tried this beer yet, but we are talking that it's it's, you know, almost five months old at this point so we'll have to we'll have to find out and we'll have to see what type of flavor differences we all gather while tasting this. yeah i can't wait anymore can we just dig right in let's go grab the shovel boys we're digging mm. this is good this is better than i remember it being even slightly old it's still got some hop character to it yeah it's i mean it's it's a solid solid beer um i got i got the hopness i got a little bit of the dankness and i have a fun a fun story so to say so i knowing you know pulling parting the kimono knowing that we were gonna have this beer i bought a 12 pack so i was like oh I'll, you know str- it's it's a good stream beer you know it's you know good to have on stream blah 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 <clears throat> so i had it i had it like out of the case and i was like man i don't remember this being this this like citrusy like i got a lot of citrus i got a lot of like freshness and all that stuff um and then later on or maybe the next night or something like that, I had a New England IPA and then followed it up with one of this and I got way more of the dankness because oh, of the contrast. Yeah. So so I was like, man, this beer is like it and I, I, I want I've been wanting to tell this little this little tale because like there's complexity in this beer, um, depending on what you've had, what you what what you like, what you don't like. Uh, I mean, it's it's a very, very solid beer. Um, you know, and I can see why breweries are like how how do they do it and keep like the consistency the same? How do they you know have it sit for a while and have it be the I don't know. It's it's a solid beer. I mean, really, really good. So, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with the balance of of the more earthy with the more more floral, the more uh, fruity citrusy side. Yeah, you definitely get definitely get a lot of that tropical flavor. Um, get some get some grapefruit, a little bit of pineapple there. It's definitely, it's a solid beer. Um, you know, I guess if you're ever out somewhere and they don't have much on tap, but they have this, even if they yeah. do have stuff on tap and you're not a fan of the breweries that they have on tap, which happens from time to time, even in Connecticut with like, I'm just going to order this. Like, this is good. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good go-to one that you kind of alluded to is available on tap. You know, if a place has a good tap selection, there's a pretty good chance that they'll have this on tap. So celebrate ending of the list. I also brought another beer. To this podcast today this is an action-packed episode i know, it? I know. <laughs> it's an action-packed episode and i saw this while i was attempting to buy this hazy little thing and i thought why not also bring it to the podcast and that is the big little thing ipa by sierra nevada yeah because they have a couple variants of this yeah so so for those of you out there um who can't see this you can head over to instagram and see a picture of this can I'll, I'll post a picture of all three of the cans um that i drank tonight but this one is a blue can uh kind of purplish in person in person but it's not the purple one uh as discussed between obert and i there are there is a purple one and that's a session one this is oh. their imperial version so this bad boy comes in a 
a 19 ounce can, uh, similar to to Chris. Don't forget the point two. And over, so yes, 19.2. Um, but rather than weigh in at the 6.7 that the, the hazy little thing weighs in at, and rather than weigh in at whatever Chris's Mexican lager weighed in at, this bad boy packs a 9% ABV punch. Nice. Which is, like, pretty standard for a hazy IPA. Yes. So I'm expecting you know, more more haze, I guess, if that's a thing. We'll find out. Yeah, we will. Do we before you dive into that? Should we rate our hazy little things? Yes. Let me just pour this sucker into a glass. I don't want your rating to be tainted by your big little thing. True. That's weird. It looks clear. Well, let's let's rate this first before I get into that. I'm gonna pour okay. it into a glass too, just to see. All right. So how do we want to do this? We want to do audio gold, where we just yell out the the rating all at the same time, or we just want to take a take a, a round. Around Robin, this is a beer I think go, we've all checked in on Untapped. I think we can all go around with our ratings, but we should all shut up the guests for un- the average simultaneously. Okay. Um, for me, like this I said, this is an unsanctioned man of the. Pe- I just want to be clear: unsanctioned man of the people competition. Not if not if I get this See, big little big little thing. It's not. <laughs> no matter what happens, Chris, you were the first. That's true. So <sighs> be uh, you could be content with that. But um, this is better than I remember it being. I think I had this hazy little thing when it first came out, and I'm a big fan of the OG Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. So I was like, eh, you know, there's better hazies out there, but now that I come back to it, I'm like, you know what? This is good. It's not like the best hazy IPA out there. It wouldn't be a go-to for me if I was looking for a hazy, but um, definitely a go-to if you're like, I don't know what to get. Let me just assume they have this on tap. So that all being said, I'm gonna give it a three seven five. That's where I was at too. I was I was at a three seven a high three seven five for me. Um, like maybe like a three point eight something, three point eight five, maybe like right in the middle. Um, uh, yeah, everything I, over same said. here. Uh, bet- yeah. I was between three seven five and a four. Well, yeah, if I if I paid for Untapped, I probably would. <laughs> be a 3.8 or 3.9 um but i mean it's it's a really good beer and like i said it depending on what you've had before or what you're eating or whatever you pull out different notes which is pretty cool so a 375 for me too so i'm i'm also at a 375 i i agree with everything i have nothing else to add uh solid beer good drinker i'm sure that if i had a newer one maybe i'd feel a little bit more towards that four um just this has a lot of the, the characteristics i like um, in a hazy IPA, so you know, if it was canned yesterday, I'd probably be looking at more before. That's fair. So, okay, so do we all have the, our guesses in mind? On the count of three, <laughs> audio gold. Let's go. Three point three point nine four. Three point eight two. Okay, eight two eight eight and nine nine four four. Okay, we're all we're all we're all feeling the same thing where we're like, yeah. it's not a four and it's not a three seven five. Yep. And it's a macro, so I, I just feel like it's going to be... Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. But now that I know how important it is... <laughs> yeah, it is very exactly. Important. It's very okay. good. I can't stop drinking it. It's good. It's good beer. I have the average up here, and I feel a little bit redeemed from my earlier guess because it's a... Th- Ooh. The average is a 3.79. So Okay. Wow. My 3.82 is, was pretty close. Pretty close. Um, yeah. And it kind of validates... You know, we don't often get to all guess against the average at once so kind of shows that we're all pretty good at this we're all we all have the the rough idea with and i didn't even tell you there's uh 249,000 check-ins so you know that <laughs> those people who have untapped and who drink ipas have probably checked this one in that's up there so. with like the alchemist like level of check-ins for heady topper like that's 
It's a shit. Ton it's a of, lot. Shit ton of check-ins. It's a lot of people. I know. And I, I know we want to we want to wrap up our episode. Ted has another beer to drink, but real quick, I thought this was fun. This is what they say on Untapped. As brewers, we get the privilege to sample our beers straight from the tanks in all their raw glory. Some beers need a little polishing to get ready to go out and into the world while others the hop heavy rowdy crowd pleasers should just be left alone we wanted to share this brewery only treat with you so we present this hazy little thing our unfiltered unprocessed ipa straight from the tanks and into the can so wow okay yeah, makes that's it, cool yeah i like that i thought that was a pretty good description i wanted to share it well, yeah that's awesome one other interesting thing i should point out before i jump into this beer a couple years ago and you guys remember this i think i think it was right when you guys were debating moving, um, Sierra Nevada used to come out with a mix pack once a year where they brewed beers. They called Beer Camp, where they brewed beers with other breweries from around the globe, essentially. And I think in 2018 or 2017, this uh, Sierra Nevada, I think it was 17 because I think this beer came out in 18, according to the article. Sierra Nevada did a... Uh, a collaboration hazy IPA with Treehouse. That was right at Treehouse's like apex of like it's just getting the popularity. Its new brewery hadn't opened yet. It was still super, super, super limited that nobody had ever had a Treehouse beer before. It was the first Treehouse beer you could get across the country. And they brewed a hazy IPA. And shortly thereafter, Hazy Little Thing came out. So part of me wonders if they learned something along. They took what Treehouse was doing. They Sierra Nevada eyes it. It came up with this. Just a guess. I don't know that to be true, but it seemed the timing would suggest that was like right on par with that time. Drinking alone with friends, conspiracy theories. I know. <laughs> yeah, I will say, hey, that's a good a good thing. This tastes kind of like if you mix together a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale with a Julius or something. You'd kind of average those two out. You'd get something like this. Yeah, I'm just trying. I'm trying to see if I can. It was 2017. It came. So the beer was called. Beer Camp Across the World East Meets West IPA. 7% ABV. Does it sound familiar to anybody? Um, <laughs> ranked out of 25,000 check-ins, a 3.91. And the, the, the quote is, in just a few short years, Treehouse has made a big impact on the beer scene with their approach to IPA. Low bitterness, intensity, juicy hop flavor, and unfiltered haze. As fellow lovers of the IPA, we combine our styles, the classic American IPA malt body, to the New England approach to hopping, resulting in a lightly bitter, unfiltered beer with a huge hop flavor. Drink fresh. I'm calling it conspiracy. I'm calling it in. Sierra Nevada, right in. Defend yourself. I yeah. know. Yeah. Might have to send Chris to Asheville to do some investigation. I, I, I very much. I'll have to expense all of my trip. But yes, I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I, I accept. I accept my my fact finding mission. All right. So to jump into this final beer review, uh, before we jump into handles, uh, this is Big Little Thing IPA. So we've had, what, f- five beers, four, four beer reviews, three talker reviews, and, <laughs> and now we got one final beer review for you. C- correct. Yep. What other podcast can you get all these beer reviews and talker reviews on top of it? I know, right? <laughs> so I, I should point out this can was packaged on 12-22-2020, so slightly older than the beer I just drank. Um, big can, so I poured it into two, two glasses. Both poured clear. So it's not called Big Hazy Little Thing. It's called Big Little Thing. Oh. That's a good point. That's a good Interesting. point. I, I was, didn't even pick up on that. I was trying... Well, neither did I. I was trying to figure out how, uh, why it was not hazy. On the nose, smells a hell of a lot more like uh, 
Sierra Nevada's pale ale. Um, very bitter. Smells like it's going to be extremely dank. Not a lot of citrus on the nose. Uh, the head has stuck around. Very long lasting, but small head. Only taking the tip in. Well, I was going to say, you know, Kiwi talked on our show a couple of weeks ago about sometimes if a beer flops, breweries will just rebrand it. And makes me wonder, with this not being a hazy beer, if this is just a double IPA they, they rebranded under the, the big little name. It's possible. That is, is a very, very astute assumption. On the taste, though, this is good. Like, this is, it packs a punch. Um, Definitely boozy. Uh, Definitely very west coasty piney resiny um very earthy not really not really bright not really fresh it's just it's kind of like your standard double ipa i mean but it's good it's solid nothing it's not overpowering it's not super bitter like chris would like so it's it's a little bit more my speed which is just slightly more piney and resiny um very much a a a sierra nevada pale ale style bumped up to the max almost like they tried to make a double pale ale and ended up with this. Well, yeah, I'm going through my um, also tinfoil hatting over here. And if this is a rebrand of Sierra Nevada, <laughs> I don't think it's the Torpedo based on what you're saying. I think it would be the Optimum that they that was a one that they did in their seasonal packs for a little bit, I think. it's. I can tell you it's not a Torpedo. I've had a Torpedo. I yeah. like the Torpedo. This is much less bitter. The Torpedo yeah, the is Optimum, like... Hoptimum, I think that they had a lot of hop oil that they like hop extract they added as opposed to, you know, brewing it with a ton of hops. If I'm remembering correctly, this was like probably like a 2018 beer. So this could this could potentially be a two year old beer is what you're telling me? No, no, no. The recipe. The recipe. You know what I mean? This is good. They should keep this recipe. They should sell this in cans, too, because for people who aren't fans of the hazy little thing. And they wanted something a little bit more West Coasty without buying or torpedo. Maybe that's just too much for them. This is a solid entry point for most people who are West Coast fans. Um, I'm going to also give this a 375. I think that this is it's it's just as good as the hazy little thing. Not um not as hazy, but still as good. I think hazy little thing fresh is probably gonna hit that 4.0 for me. I just think that it's probably at its best. It's better than this beer. But that's not a knock on this beer. Um, Untapped Diverse. 21,000 check-ins. For Big Little Thing? Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Uh, Hazy Little Thing was a 379. I, I don't I don't know if there's much of a difference. I'm going to say... Well, one three, was hazy. One yeah. Wasn't. I'm going to say 379. I'm just going to just gonna stick with it. I'm going to say they're the same. Well, Pretty tell darn I, close. tell you this. On... If it was a hundred, any of the previous hundred and thirty-five episodes, you would be MOPT. But not tonight because it is a three point eight zero. Gotta be fucking shitting me. <laughs> Which I means jack shit today, unfortunately. Yeah, As, you uh, sucker! You we have so bad MOPC at guessing over here. <laughs> so, so wait. So my collective wrongness tonight was point oh six across both beers. Uh, yeah, but we already decided the averages don't count, but I like, your, I like your deductive reasoning, keeping it close to the average, which we told you about the uh, hazy little, but um, you said you're not as big a fan as you are of the hazy little. I, I, like I said, I think that right now I rate them both a 375. I think that if I had the hazy little thing that was packaged in April, you, maybe even March, it? this would be, I think this would be a four, easily. I think it's a great beer. Like I said, you I'm going to- fresh. Yes. You had it fresh with the lime. 4.0. 
with the I mean, 100% with the lime, <laughs> that's probably a 5.0 beer right there. Add that little extra tropical fruit to it. Perfect. There we go. <laughs> oh. Well, shit. Uh, yeah, no, it's a good guess. Good guess. Um, but we've, we have, uh, this has been a long episode, a long, fun one, but we cannot say goodbye just yet. We have to take our frosty mug out of our freezer, fill it up with life advice, uh, things we like, Mexican recipes, Seis de Mayo hacks, uh, who knows what. Uh, but first, Jordan, take it away. Test your handle. Test your handle. Test your handle. Test your handle. Mug of wisdom! Mug of wisdom. All right, thank you, Jordan. Wreck my podcast. Check him out. Mortal Kombat episode coming eventually, uh, starring us. But very exciting. <laughs> First ever, one hundred percent correct. Man of the people, Christopher. Um, Bullshit. I don't know. Do you have? Do you have an acceptance speech you want to give, or do you just want to tell us who's going to drink first, or who's going to uh, give their handles man. first? I mean, really, I mean, really, what, what is there? But uh, you know, I just want to thank. I'm not. I'm not happy. I'm not happy. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, not happy. happy. I'm not happy. I'm not. Happy. I'm not happy. I want to thank Tud for being so bad at guessing. Um, I'm not happy. His... <laughs> So so bad at guessing his uh, his his beer averages. I really uh, shout out to him. Couldn't have done it without him being so off, so far off <laughs> the entire night. Uh, I mean, really, just brought my A game tonight. I don't know what to tell you. You know, you have to have to put it up for the big man upstairs. You know, he he really helped me through this through this beer review. <laughs> you know, of course, uh, love my family. You know, I couldn't have done it without you, Dana, CJ, Lucas. You guys really powered me through. I didn't think I was going to be able to do it. Uh, thank you, Needy Brewing Company, for brewing such a 3.52 beer. Um, it was really kind of like uh, you know, I'm going to play those numbers in the lottery till I die. Uh, I mean, thank you for the thank you for the Mexican style lager. <laughs> I couldn't thank have done you, it without Mexico. you. Thank you. Shout out to Mexico. Viva la Mexico. Let's go. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm just going to go celebrate with the crew. Like, it's just been such an awesome, awesome time. I can't believe this happened. Um, maybe next year. Well, you know what? We're going for it next week. We're going for it next week. Two, two and oh. Like two that. and oh. Let's go. I like that mentality. <laughs> but uh, who's going to be, who's going to be, re- Given their handle first. All right. So because I think Tud is out to get me and he knows what my handle is, I'm going to go first. <laughs> that would have been great, right? If I would have just sniped your I only handle. Have one, I only have one handle right now. And uh, so I'm going to go first. Uh, so a lot of you know that uh, I stream Pokemon a lot on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Gamer, And uh, I had uh, a new Pokemon game recently came out on April 30th. And that is the new Pokemon Snap. So for those of you that uh, may or may not have played the original back in 1999, by the way, so long ago. Yep. You did not play the original. Okay, I didn't cool. own an N64. Well, uh, I guess that's true. Yeah, so N64. Uh, but they re... Not, I, not even remake. It's a it's a sequel to the original Pokemon Snap um, on the Nintendo Switch. And let me tell you all, I played it on stream last night. I played it today with CJ, and it is just a, a, a nostalgia trip for anybody 
any Pokemon lovers in the late from the late nineties. Um, nostalgia trip for me, and the game looks gorgeous. It's a lot of fun uh, going through, taking those pictures, getting them graded. So, is it just if, the one hundred and fifty? No. So the original was like sixty three Pokemon, I think, from the one hundred and fifty. Uh, this one has a ton. I don't know how many exactly. I haven't made it through the whole game, but I did play. I pro I played a solid ten hours of it so far. Um, and uh, it's it's a ton of fun. I mean, like it's a it's a really nice way to pass your time. You just kind of drive through uh, and take pictures of Pokemon, and they get graded, and you have to like go for diamond diamonds tier. Ooh. Yeah, Di- diamonds are forever, but drinks are for now. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's it's a uh, it's a lot of fun. I'm having a lot of fun with it, and CJ loves it. He loves watching the Pokemon game. He's like he's like, what do you want to do? He's like, watch Pokemon game. I guess I gotta oh, play. Fine. So. I guess I'll play a video game in front of you. <laughs> One thing I loved about that game, uh, the original, was the island music, the steel drum kind of like tropical soundtrack. Does that is that part of the new one too? So I will say that is one thing that is that is missing is there isn't that like that background music, which is weird. Mm. Uh, I don't know why. Like, there's definitely some like you can hear all the Pokemon, you can hear like the water if you're near the water and all that stuff. But yeah, that that someone in the stream pointed it out. Like, there's no background music, which is kind of weird. Um, but it is. It's a beautiful game. A lot of fun. If you have a Switch and you remember the old Pokemon Snap, it came if you with enjoyed my, it. It came with my N64 when I got I got the Pokemon Snap version. Oh, the there N64. you go. Um, that was a very fun game. And it uh, doesn't really translate that well on emulators, although maybe they've, I think they've since figured out how to do it. But uh, I've never gotten back into it. Maybe maybe now's the time to get it on the Switch. Fun fact, the, the N64 as a whole, but particularly Pokemon Snap and uh, Ocarina of Time, are the reasons now that I buy every console. Because like as a kid, like I only had one console, obviously. Um, and so I missed out on a lot of these cool games. So I will never be one of those people who misses out on a game again. Because I did miss a lot by not owning an N sixty four, namely Pokemon. Luckily they never came out with like a like a like an RPG style Pokemon game, like like or like action RPG. But I know it's coming out, so I'm happy. Yeah, no. Um, and you know, as for the Ocarina of Time, pay attention to a future handle, I guarantee it. So a uh, 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 spoiler for probably a year and a half from now. So, <laughs> all right. Well, who's going next? Um, I think because Tud is so bad at guessing and like getting his number right on beers, I think Obert should go next. Okay. As I alluded to in my intro, I have a very Cinco de Mayo themed handle this week, and that's uh, a recipe for making your own pico de gallo. Um, I think. Part of the reason salsa is so good at restaurants is because it's made fresh and it's very easy to do yourself and it's actually a pretty healthy food. Uh, making your own salsa, it's a lot of fun. Like I said, it's easy and it's delicious, amazing, fresh. So I'm going to put it in the show notes, but this is the recipe from allrecipes.com. It's basically tomatoes, uh, onion, cilantro, jalapeno, of course, a lime. And uh, then some spices. Little, this, uh, this has garlic, cumin, black salt and pepper. Um, you can do those to taste. But the thing I like about salsa is you could do so much, so many variations on it. Uh, I like, I'm a, I'm a member of the subreddit Salsa Snobs, where people post gorgeous pictures of their salsa, and it gets me my mouth watering for salsa all the time. Wait, there, there's legitimately a subreddit called Salsa Snobs? There is, and it's really good. People do Subscribe. the blending. This is... This is this is one that you would want to do with like a food processor. 
you know, just you want to kind of roughly chop all the ingredients. Um, but you could do the blended salsas. I like the like corn and black bean. There's there's everything. You know, there's the tomatillo. There's a, there's tons of different salsas out there. But um, if you're new to the salsa game, new to making salsa, I recommend starting with a simple pico. Have it fresh. It'll change your whole salsa game. You'll be the hit of every every party if you bring it to um, the party that you went to yesterday. I don't know. Hopefully, this handle reaches you in time. <laughs> I mean, Cinco's on a, on a Wednesday this year. Maybe your Cinco de Mayo party is moved to the weekend, in which case you still have time to make it. But um, that's my handle. Little plug for the subreddit. But I know we're running long, so Todd, take it away. What do you got for us? Yeah, so last week I had a handle of... Um truff hot sauce and i promised my handle this week would be how i make popcorn using that truff hot sauce so um i use this this device called a whirly pop i don't know if you guys know what this is but it was my my parents had it uh, they had an extra one because they have 25 year warranties on the thing so mom like, and the why pod why not make it a lifetime warranty at that point <laughs> I, I, it basically is right but like so mom of the pod had an extra one because um i guess two of hers broke and they somehow ended up sending her two so so i got her extra one and it's what it is is it's basically it's a stainless steel bowl with a top on that has this little div- that has a crank that goes down into the bowl and you just you twirl the, the wooden crank around the back and it spins this thing around inside the bowl that moves the kernels through hot oil essentially until it pops so what I do is I put you know half cup of popcorn in there, um, some butter or ghee. I prefer ghee because it just it's a little bit less calories. Also at the same time it has a little bit more of a smooth texture or a little bit more of a, a creamy texture to me. Um, I do I have a salt shaker which I do a thirty yeah, crank. Is, is ghee just goat butter? No, ghee is clarified butter. Okay. It's just normal butter that's been clarified. Basically okay. that means. To me, I don't know, really know the difference, but basically what that means is I don't have to... I guess you don't really have to put butter in the fridge either, but this definitely doesn't have to go in the fridge. It's not as it's not as um, solid. It does melt at like anything above like 73 degrees. It is liquid. So you put I put about a tablespoon and a half of, of ghee in there, about 30 to 40 cranks on the salt shaker, um, enough to have like a buildup. Because you want your you want your popcorn to be salty. Uh, throw the half cup of, of kernels in there. Spin for about 30, 40 times. Right until you hear about the first couple of kernels pop. Um, open up the top because it's it. So the cool thing about this is ha- half and half open up based on the the pendulum that's in the middle. And I pour about a tablespoon of the the truff hot sauce in there. Shut it and just so the so the hot sauce doesn't burn. Spin as fast as you humanly can. That way, the, the hot sauce mixes in with the ghee. It becomes kind of like a like a hot sauce, butter, salt mixture. And just keep on spinning until you can't spin anymore. And that is how you make delicious, hot, spicy, truffle-flavored popcorn in a world. Sounds pop. amazing. I think I'm missing something, though. So how is this? Is it? Do you plug this whirly pop into an outlet? No, you put it on a stovetop. Okay, I was wondering how the heating element. Here. I guess okay. yeah, I should have gotten yeah. So it goes on the stovetop. Um, they I guess back in the day they used to make ones that like went around automatically. I don't know where. I don't know how we've went backwards in time. I know, right? <laughs> I'm, just I'm just imagining drunk Todd wanting to make some of his world famous truffle hot sauce popcorn and just having a, a hot oil and butter on a stove just. 
cranking the shit out of something. I'm like, this sounds like a recipe for disaster. <laughs> it, it definitely could be. Um, all I know is that it comes out really well. It does burn a little bit. That's why you really have to, to spin the shit out of the thing. Um, I have not quite perfected the art of not having it burn a little bit. Um, at least, I mean the hot sauce that is. So like my hot sauce has never come out red or my, my, not my hot sauce. My popcorn has never come out red as I'm expecting it to be given that it's doused in hot sauce. Um, because the, it does burn a little bit, but caramelize. Yeah. The flavor stays nonetheless. It's, it's really good. Uh, whirly pop and my popcorn recipe are, I guess, kind of a dual handle there, but the Whirly Pop is really cool. You can buy it for about 30 bucks anywhere. Um, if you're not... 25-year warranty. 25-year warranty. If you're not really into the hot stuff, that's fine. There's other ways to do it. You can also go to like Agways or Home Depots. But I know the Agway down by me sells it. They sell like movie theater like packets. So basically you just cut it off and just dump that whole thing into the Whirly Pop. And you get movie theater popcorn with it. It's pretty cool. And so with that, we'd like to thank you all for listening. Uh, first, we'd like to thank the breweries who provided today's beers. I had to take a breath there because I got to thank all the breweries that provided my beers. Um, I'm going to thank Belching Beaver <laughs> for their Dia de los Deftones Mexican-style lager with lime. I will also thank Sierra Nevada for their Hazy Little Thing IPA. And finally, I will thank Sierra Nevada again for their Big Little Thing IPA. I would like to thank Knee Deep Brewing Company for their Hola Senor, the first perf- perfect guess of untapped ratings on the podcast, going down in history along with me. Um, so thank you, Knee Deep. Also, thank you, Sierra Nevada, for my hazy little thing, which I've been enjoying quite a bit. And don't forget Taco Bell. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, you got to thank Taco oh, Bell. Oh, yeah. Thank, thank, out, thank outside the bell. By the way, you yeah, never gave us your say. ranking for Taco that's Bell. That's what we say now. Thank outside the bell. <laughs> and I want to thank Highlander for their Mont- Montanessa Mexican lager. Please go over to all social media and follow us at DAWF Podcast. Also, make sure you hashtag follow the email at DAWFpodcast at gmail.com. Um, if you would like to get in touch with us for interviews and or requests or other things, Shoot us an email. It's the best way to get in touch with us. Um, if you are a fan and you want to talk with other fans of the podcast, head over to uh, Discord and follow us. Uh, so the link for the Discord is in the show notes. Make sure you head over there if you want to join there. Also, if you want to hear extra episodes of the podcast, please head over to Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. You can listen to extra episodes of Drinking Along with Friends. This week, Chris did the pregame episode. He did not get a perfect guess over there. I can tell you that. It's, um, it's, a, do- it's a dollar a month. And they are about 10 to 15 minutes of just a little bit of what we have before the show. Um, Check it out. Also, make sure you head over to iTunes and leave us a rating uh, and a five-star review. And please tell your friends and family about us as well. With that, thank you for listening to this long episode. My name is Tud. Me amo Chris. And I'm Obert. And remember, if you're drinking alone, do it with friends. Chris, you did not give us a rating for the Taco Bell. I was actually about to say, I'm like, I could go for another one of the, the first things, whatever they were. Chalupa. That was pretty solid. The Chalupa. I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's pretty good. On the fast food <laughs> scale. Yeah, you got to. Uh, on the fast food scale of Wendy's to Chick-fil-A. Um, Zaxby's to Chick-fil-A. Wait, is, is Wendy's the worst? Uh, I guess Burger King is the worst. Is Burger King really the worst? It's the worst I know of. Have I don't you know who else is worse. Have you been the long It used to be Taco Bell. Bell. <laughs> have you been to Long John Silver's? Oh, no, I haven't. Okay, I'm, Long John Silver's is probably worse. You're probably right. 